This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs, joined by Hezrul Ashraf and Dashran Johan. So today we're going to be talking about birds. And mm. science seems to be telling us that the more types of birds in our lives equals more happiness. So a pair of recent studies point to the conclusion that seeing and hearing a variety of birds can actually improve our well-being and increase our life satisfaction. In fact, scientists are saying that conservation is just as important for human well-being as financial security. So we're going to explore if birds and nature can free us Malaysians from some anxiety. That's right, and you can share your thoughts. Let us know if you've been you know, more in touch with nature uh, this past year. Tweet us at BFM Radio or WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. That's right. So a growing body of scientific evidence has linked exposure to nature and specifically exposure to birds with improved well-being. So in December last year, a new study by the German Centre for Integrative Biodiversity Research connected greater bird biodiversity to increased life satisfaction for more than 26,000 people in 26 European countries. So the study, which was published in Ecological Economics, focused on European residents only. Yeah, and it turns out that people who live near natural areas uh, with a greater diversity of bird species were demonstrably happier. You know, in fact, the study found that seeing 10% more bird species generates satisfaction on par with a comparable increase in income. Uh, in fact, lead author of the study, uh, Joel Methorst, a doctoral researcher at the Senckenberg Biodiversity and Climate Research Center, said their findings pointed to the fact that the happiest Europeans are those who can experience numerous different bird species in their daily life uh, or who live in near natural surroundings that are home to many species. Who knew? Yes, and <laughs> um, under the current pandemic conditions, you know, activities out in nature are a popular pastime, of course. The beneficial effects of a diverse nature on people's mental health have already been, I guess, you know, documented by studies mm-hmm. on a smaller scale, right? We've seen so many of those. But what scientists wanted to do now was to examine for the very first time whether a diverse nature also increases human well-being across the continent. And of course, we're talking about Europe here, right? Mm. And so to this end, they use data from the 2012 European Quality of Life Survey to study the connection between the species diversity in their surroundings and the life satisfaction for people. So species diversity was measured based on the diversity of avian species as documented in the European Breeding Bird Atlas. Yeah, and birds are known to be good indicators of biological diversity since they are among the most visible elements of the animate nature, particularly in urban areas, right? So in addition to that, their song can often be heard even if the bird itself can't be seen. But there's also a second aspect that affects life satisfaction, which is their surroundings. A particular high, a particularly high number of bird species can be found in areas with a high proportion of near-natural and diverse landscapes that hold numerous green spaces and bodies of water. Mm. And uh, to add on, uh, Professor Dr. Katrin Boningeza, a director of the Senckenberg Biodiversity and Climate Research Centre and professor at the Goethe University in Frankfurt, uh, also said that the researchers examined the socioeconomic data of the people that were surveyed uh, and much to their surprise they found that uh, avian diversity is you know as important for their life satisfaction as is their income right (laughs) Uh, and this result became particularly obvious when both values increased by 10 percent 
14 additional bird species uh, in the vicinity uh, raised the level of life satisfaction at least uh, as much as an extra 124 euros per month in the household account based on an average income of 1,237 euros per month. uh, And that's in Europe, of course. And based on these findings, diverse nature therefore plays an important role for human well-being uh, across Europe in, you know, even beyond its material services. Yeah. And seeing a wide array of birds isn't the only thing that affects our moods. You know, hearing them actually also plays a part. Mm. So according to another recent study from researchers at Cal Poly, hikers who listen to birdsong while ambling on a trail (laughs) have a more positive (laughs) overall experience and feel greater joy. Birders know this uh, intuitively, but birdsong uplifts us largely because, you know, kind of restores our Mm. faith in the natural order of the world Mm. and in the health of ecosystems, right? You hear the birds, you know, like, ah, there's a thriving ecosystem. There's life, life, exactly. And I I guess, you know, there seems to be no other way to say it. Birds just really make us happy. (laughs) Um, They force us to stop and to pay close attention, uh, to notice more details more acutely. I don't know if you guys have ever been birding, but if you have, you would have experienced the joy of being really fully immersed in the mm. present moment you know like because you just have to be really still and just observe and you yeah. know it has, it's, it's a lot about stillness and that's very much in line with what mindfulness practices advocate mm. um, and since birds couldn't care less about our petty concerns <laughs> um, I don't know I guess they serve as a powerful reminder that we are part of something larger than just you know the world inside our yeah. own heads yes we are not the end, end all and be all <laughs> of this of this planet right so yep. and one of the fastest growing hobbies in America is bird watching and this is according to the US Fish and Wildlife Service so the benefits are said to be numerous and can include opportunities for discovery and achievement the promise of, of uh, new positive relationships and engagement in something meaningful so researchers at Cornell University say that bird watchers are five times more likely than non-recreationists to engage in environmental conservation efforts and adventure traveling can be more uh, can be an economic boon for popular birding areas so bird watching or birding also takes a minimal uh, monetary investment all you really need is a good pair of binoculars and the knowledge of what uh, what birds might be passing through your area so there are also really good apps mm. that you can download to help you identify birds in the field. Yeah, and I, I, I've been, I am one of those who started picking up bird watching during the, during the pandemic mm, especially, right? Because right? we had a bit more time at home and gosh, the, the, the things that I noticed, the different birds that I started noticing in my area alone was quite amazing. I don't know, have you guys ever indulged in some bird watching? <laughs> no, I've, I've not actually. Like I've, I've always found that you know, it's I've I've never quite grasped what is like really exciting about it until like you know uh, hearing you talk about yeah. it, and, you know, not just on the shows but uh, off the shows, off air as well. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would say the closest I've done to bird watching is perhaps you know like I've been on like when you go to uh, places like uh, Langkawi and and all these where you go to certain islands, you go on these island hopping or boat rides, and so then they will take you to a, a particular spot where there are loads of eagles, mm. and then the tour guide will tell you but that's pretty much about it I've never like been in the wilderness and you know use the binoculars mm. and try to spot birds yeah but you know Juliet to your to your point earlier um, you know I've been I've been hiking you know on forest trails and stuff and I think even then and when I'm not actively you know looking for birds you know we're just hearing them for some reason, I don't know, but usually my friends and I would just stop every time we hear a bird, right? Yeah. And, and just wonder, oh, you know, what is that? Mm. And I, I think it gives a sense of um, 
it's like it's almost like a reset button for my hearing because <laughs> when I come back into the city and then I, I pop on my headphones and listen to a song or something, I, I notice that I, I just I can set it at a lower volume. That's can, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's like a I don't know what it is. It's almost like a reset thing for mm. for my hearing. I mean, just just for myself, right? I feel very refreshed. And isn't it interesting that when, you know, you are going on hikes, right? But just the sound of a bird makes you stop, you know, yes. basically you're like, okay, I need to exercise. I need to get yeah. to my end point. Yeah. But, you know, when you hear these sounds, you stop, you listen, yeah. you take in the moment. Yeah. It's very intimate. I don't know what it is, right? And it's like you're sort of connected to something out there, uh, you know, something bigger than, than than ourselves. Yes, it's like you said, it's that just when you when you go in the wilderness and you hear the yeah. sounds of it, there's just something very soothing about mm-hmm. it, something very relaxing. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, you know, I was going to ask you guys as well you know during the MCO when we were trapped at home more often mm. than usual yeah. um, did you guys start noticing the birds around you know your homes did you start picking up <laughs> the dash is a definite no there I can see uh, uh, so I going on walks around the neighborhood, um, the neighborhood mm-hmm. I would uh, notice you know a bird you know on a tree um, I, they, they may, were not necessarily you know um, uh, making noises, uh, mm. but you know, just having that lone time and like having less cars on the road and having uh, yeah. less people, yeah. like gave me the opportunity to be, um, you know, to pay more attention to these things. And yeah. I think the reason why I've I've never actually paid attention to birds, especially mm. when I'm like at home or in my neighborhood, is because for the longest time my assumption was like, okay, these are just I don't know the neighborhood birds, whatever. Yeah, I don't know uninteresting <laughs> birds that roam around neighborhoods. You know, so I've never put much thought. To it. But then, like, for example, like uh, the other day when we were, you know, while we were doing a show and we saw outside the window, like a bird was oh, uh, yes. like flying by. And then, yeah. like, you were telling us, Julia, like about it and like interesting facts about yeah. how the way they glide through, like, you know, heat waves yeah. Yeah. and all that. And and those kind of things, I, I never knew it was that fascinating. Yeah, yeah. there are some lovely yeah. birds in our neighborhoods. Mm. And the bird that you're talking about was actually the uh, Brahmini kite, which is, mm. a, That's right. which is a, a, a raptor. Mm. Um, I think for me, you know, during the the pandemic, um, well, we are still in the pandemic, but during yeah. the MCO, the days that I was mm. at home, um, just hanging out with my kids and just kind of enjoying the outside a little bit because we were all trapped, right? Yeah. Uh, we started listening to all the different bird sounds. Mm. And I'm sure you've heard this one. Ooh, ooh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which just yes. goes so That's high. Probably yeah. one of the first ones, you know, we've probably heard. Yes, the iconic <laughs> yeah. bird call. Yeah, which keeps getting higher and yes. higher. Yeah. So that's actually the Asian call making mm. its, uh, and it's up like at 5.30 a.m. Mm. And just, mm. you know, but it's so funny, even my young daughter now can can mimic that sound. She's like a year old, but she's picked up, you know, bird sounds <laughs> and bird sounds. And it's, I guess, you know, it's just been really, um, it's, it's like you said, Lahez, you know, it's nice to know that the world is bigger than us and mm-hmm. there's other things out there. I just and and you know to that you know I'm, I I you you've told me that before that story before uh, Julia and I'm glad that you know um, your kids are are exposed to it at a very young age I mean some kids just don't know just don't know what what uh, certain bird noises are right and yeah. it, it really is. Uh, nice to to stay connected with nature. Yeah, and I, I guess you know the best thing is like birds come to us, right? So mm. they're just right <laughs> outside your your doorstep yeah. if you're lucky. But we're going to take for a quick. Uh, we're going to go for a quick break now. But when we come back, we're going to be speaking to Andrew Sebastian, who is the president and chief executive officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia or Ecomai. Uh, he's going to talk to us. Uh, this is something that's right up his alley. He's going to talk <laughs> to us about the perks that come with bird watching. So keep it here on the Daily Digest, BFM eighty nine point nine.
Welcome back. This is the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs, joined by Dashan Johan and Hezrel Ashraf. So we've got birds on our brains at the moment, <laughs> uh, but we're actually discussing scientific research, which shows that seeing and hearing a variety of birds can improve our well-being and increase our life satisfaction. That's right. So joining us on the line right now to discuss the study and also uh, to just remind us why birds are awesome is Andrew Sebastian, an avid birder and the President and Chief Executive Officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society Malaysia, also known as Ecomai. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. Now, according to the findings, the happiest Europeans are those who can experience numerous different bird species in their daily life or who live in near natural surroundings that are home to many species, right? So what do you think might be the reason for this? I think that, well, it's no longer a thought. Uh, there's already been a lot of research uh, coming out from various parts of the world um, and I think we shouldn't overlook Japan. Japan started uh, Shinyin Bring Yoku forest bathing years ago. Years ago, they were they were leading in in forest therapy, forest bathing, and so on. And uh, the late the latest study just amplifies the idea that there is a lot of things, a lot there's a lot of benefit that can happen when we invest in nature and invest in in the natural surroundings and so on. So it's no surprise the research points very directly on the human wildlife nature experience and benefits. So this research was uh, European-centered, uh, but do you think the findings uh, might be the same in the Malaysian context as well? Yes, I think now with the study coming out, I hope local researchers also pick up the same concept here uh, because the, the study is also based on on an economic study in 20 that says that by 2050, I think, 66% of our population will be living in cities. Mm. So when you put so much people into uh, uh, urban settings and concrete jungles, what's going to happen psychologically uh, in terms of how people think and, and what messes with their mind or <laughs> improves with their mind? Yeah? Mm. So in the Malaysian context, we have so much of natural surroundings and we have so much natural assets around us, you know, regardless of where you live, in the apartment, in in Bangsa or uh, in in uh, in the farmland in in Bentong or, or wherever it is, it is, you're surrounded by a lot of natural assets. Yeah. Uh, so I think local researchers will should and must pick up uh, from this research uh, to to put it in Malaysian context uh, how, how we deal uh, or how or how we can benefit from natural surroundings. And, you know, Andrew, research has also shown that seeing a wide array of birds isn't the only thing that affects our moods. Hearing them also, you know, has an impact. Um, as an avid birder yourself, what are your thoughts on that? Yes. So aromatherapy is already far beyond, uh, it's already advanced in terms of being a serious business. Mm-hmm. It's already being a serious uh, thing with, uh, worldwide. Uh, natural acoustics as well. <laughs> Uh, whether we knew it or not, uh, or we appreciate it or not, uh, has has taken influence to a lot of people. Whether you're a bird watcher, a nature lover, you're a hiker, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in terms of birds, unfortunately, uh, the one indicator we see is people put birds in cages. Uh, you know, birds are sold in sold in pet stores because because people say, oh, we love birds because they sing so beautifully. You know, and when we hear the melodious sounds of birds, you know, we feel so nice and we feel so warm, you know. Unfortunately, this is misplaced. The concept is, uh, the co- 
concept is excellent and accurate. Yeah, listening to sounds of the forest, listening to sounds of birds as they call out uh, for their mates when they when they get excited, when they want to feed. Yeah, it is actually soothing and it actually makes a lot of difference when we walk in the forest. So it's nice for people to to start thinking about listening to sounds of the forest, listening to sounds of birds, and personally, you know it. I can't imagine going a, going a day or a few days without listening to some something natural, you know, especially birds. Now, Andrew, the pandemic left many of us feeling in despair. Do you think birding could be the antidote to this despair? I think despair is a good word. Yeah, and people get anxious. Uh, I get anxious, so I assume a lot of people out there also feel the same way. I think we're all in the same boat. Um, it is an antidote. It is... Uh, it's, it can become so much more. It can become a way of life. Mm. So the, the the people who go on walks every morning, every morning they walk, every other day they walk, people who go for a jog or cycle, yeah, uh, they can tell you and they can appreciate the fact that, you know, wow, uh, it makes a lot of difference to me, uh, uh, medically as well as psychologically. Uh, so if you're going to go out there and turn it into a way of life, Again, whether you have a small garden or you have a little walkway around the housing area or something like that, I think an antidote is always waiting for you <laughs> any corner. But you must have the sense of understanding and you must have a sense of awareness that, you know, nature is there to help. You know, we can use it and, and, and of course, uh, uh, to prepare us for a lot of things to come. You're also a nature guide, Andrew. Um, during the RMCO, when interstate travel was allowed last year, did, did you see more people turning to nature, um, nature adventures or trips, you know, following all those lockdowns? Yes, uh, I see a big increase and hence all of us nature guides are quite excited to see what the new uh, norm looks like in terms of us uh, nature guides because uh, we suffered, we are still suffering a lot uh, badly. Yeah. Uh, because there's no, not a lot of business uh, in terms of uh, nature tours or bird tours and so on. But we see an increase in local interest. So people are out there, people are walking, they're hiking, you know. As soon as the gates are open, people are rushing in, you know. People have, a lot of people have bought a lot of bicycles, you know, a lot of money has been spent in decathlon buying stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, outdoor equipment, people have bought online a lot of stuff, you know. So... We we can only we can only think it's going to be very positive because uh, if if once the locals get, themselves get interested in, in in nature and in outdoor activities when they want to find out more about birds or they want to get out there and enjoy nature they want to go to a little homestay in Mantin or you know in, in in Saramban Gardens or something like that or they want to go to Taman Negara you know we we know that the local market then will explode in that sense. Uh, people want to, be, want to have nature-based activities. Mm. Now, uh, Andrew, we're, we're now in the CMCO and, and parks have uh, reopened and inter-district travel is allowed. Uh, what are some places we can visit for bird watching? you know, where it's easy to uh, physically distance and do some bird watching uh, here in the Klang Valley? The public parks, Lake Gardens, if you're in KL, the Lake Gardens, it's, it's large enough, it's flat enough, it's uh, easy terrain, yeah, and easy for you to to, to keep uh, a distance between one, one to, to, to the other. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we need we, we don't have a lot of, of parks like, like like the Lake Gardens, yeah, like so Kiara we have. Gassing Hill is beautiful, but it's a lot of, there's a lot of terrain. 
So it's not very easy to keep distance in, in that kind of uh, situation when you turn the corner and suddenly there's 10 people <laughs> going up the slope with you or, or going down the slope with you. So it's not, it's often not, it's not very practical in that sense. But it's nice if the running circuits open up, uh, open areas, uh, Bukit Jalil, places that, that also merge uh, sports uh, activities in such year. So it'll be nice. I think all, all parks are open uh, or, or opening right now. So it'll be nice if people do long hikes within the communities. There's a lot of nice uh, hills uh, coming up in Penting Highlands. Uh, you can register to go on the hikes. Um, Fraser's Hill, uh, it's just a short one-hour drive. Um, Kuala Baru at the base of it. Beautiful, uh, there's a beautiful river. Uh, there's a lot of picnic spots uh, open up. Uh, Jandabai is quite close. Um, I think um, there, there's a long list. Uh, the, the good thing is there's just so much of places available to Malaysians because you cannot travel away. But now we are forced to look at all the other beautiful uh, places around us, close to us, and so on. Yeah. So people go to Sikinchan, the, to, to the paddy fields, for example. You can easily take your kids to paddy field areas in uh, Tanjung Karang. In Kuala Selangor, uh, Sikinchan, yeah, you you can walk, you can you can fish in the little uh, riverways, you know, uh, and, and and enjoy a great outdoors. Uh, you can run, you can jog, you know, it's flat. You can see uh, 360 degrees all around you, so it's safe. Uh, you can keep a distance and so on. So yes, there's just so much you know, out there. I probably put a list together and 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 put it out on komai.org. Um, so that people can get a rough uh, estimate on where, where they can go and safely, uh, even in great numbers, safely exercise and enjoy the great outdoors. Now, there are several major birding events that take place throughout the year in Malaysia. What are some major ones that, fingers crossed, we can start planning for when travel is allowed again in 2021? Well, uh, 2021, again, uh, unfortunately, there's not been... Uh, Actual dates fixed because of that, of the issue of travel. But in Kenyir, there's a, a burning quest that, that was supposed to have happened, but it's been postponed again. But it will happen. Yeah. So in Kenyir, uh, in Kuala Kubaru, in Fraser's Hill, the events there. In Kuching also, I know that something can happen up there. I'm working with some people in the tourism industry for, for Negri Sambilan. For right now, and we're trying to put together things in, in Taman Negara. We just had the uh, bird count in Taman Negara two weeks ago with local uh, participants. Uh, there's much smaller number than previously, but the point is, it's still on the calendar. Nothing has been cancelled, everything has just been postponed or, or put across to the later part of the year, uh, in which we hope that things will pick up. Yeah, so in terms of in terms of putting dates down, I think it's still a bit iffy. But uh, but everybody's still waiting, and people are excited, and people are planning. You know, the the, the birding world has sort of forgotten <laughs> its objective uh, to actually put events out there so that people are given the opportunity. People have the opportunity always to go and visit or, or take part in the birding event uh, closest to them. Mm. Now. Birds are well-suited as indicators of biological diversity, right, uh, since they're uh, visible. They're among the most visible elements of the animate nature, particularly in urban areas. Uh, what can we do in our own homes to foster a more conducive environment for birds to stop by? Well, preparing uh, the right kind of uh, uh, trees and plants uh, around your garden self, you know, so everybody knows this from even nurturing the, the Indian cherry tree just outside your garden will be nice because the birds come to for that, you know. Mm. So there, there's, again, if you Google a list of, uh, of plants uh, for birds, uh, there's a lot of bird-friendly plants. 
insects also, including your 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 butterflies too. Yeah. So now now is the best season now to plant. Um, the rains have come, and the dry season has gone. So and this is the breeding season for birds. So uh, a lot of birds are in the nest right now. Hmm. So when 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 they fledge, uh, when they fledge, uh, parent birds and uh, Juvenile birds will be out around your neighborhood, you know, singing and feeding and so on. So it's nice to put out even a little bowl of water for your pets and put out a bird bath for birds. Uh, it'll be nice in, in, a, in a bowl. Uh, you can put out seeds if you want to if in your gardens, up and away from, from other pets and so on, so that the, the birds can come and come to your garden and feed. Yeah? But most importantly, I think if you, if you prepare the right kind of trees and plants, uh, the birds will find a way to, to get to the fruits. Insects will be attracted to the trees and the plants and the flowers. And with the insects, the whole circle of life happens. The, the spiders, the little bugs will come, you know, and they will each uh, feed off each other. Yeah? So mm. birds will find a way uh, if we prepare the sites uh, appropriately. Yeah, so bird-friendly plants, bird-friendly trees, I think that's the way to go. Okay, and for novice bird watchers, right? What are some essential tools that they should have with them should they want to take up bird watching as like a full time hobby? Yes, well, you, you, you don't have to go all out and buy yourself that hundred thousand ringgit uh, camera and, and stuff right now. <laughs> you can right start now, with something yeah. very simple. Okay, you can start with something really simple. You need a good pair of binoculars, for example, uh, with just a lot of decent, uh, wonderful economically priced uh, cameras now with good zoom uh, lenses yeah so uh, get yourself a nice little camera uh, with a zoom capacity of maybe 10 to 14 or 20 times zoom uh, get yourself a binocular uh, the range is between 400 to 1000 ringgit yeah uh, there's even travel binoculars that you can use if you, if you just want to bird watch in your garden that's that's fine but most important uh, take out your ipad take out your phone and, and, and google to sites where you look at garden birds uh, for example uh, for, for malaysians um, and there you can see a lot of nice beautiful photographs already posted and that you gives you inspiration to actually match that that photograph to the birds that you see mm. just just flying into your garden every day you know yeah. so people ha- have started to notice i got a lot of friends who have just started to, i mean for the for a year they've just starting to and now they have already hooked they're looking at birds in their gardens in the neighbor's gardens people are getting excited you know and some of my friends are also getting angry because some people have bought uh, birds in cages and <laughs> you know oh, so uh, people are getting out there and i'm quite happy that, that at least to 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 all the harsh time the bad times that we have as bird watching guides you know we know that there's a lot more people now starting to get interested in nature and mm-hmm. that's a good thing that is a good thing, but don't ever keep birds in cages, am I right? That's the absolute worst thing we can do. And if you have pets around the house, you please put bell collars around them so that when, when they, cats especially, you know, they, they have instincts, they love to hunt. So if you if you are a pet owner, please put a bell around them so that at least the birds have a chance uh, <laughs> to hear them coming before uh, they get attacked here. Yeah? And and yes, if you love birds, any of you, uh, if you love the sounds, you know, please, the worst thing that you can do is buy a pet bird for your kids or for yourself, you know. Yeah, get out there and enjoy birds in the wild. Don't buy any of those stuff, uh, exotic birds, uh, exotic pets in the stores because that's a really wrong way to go. All right, Andrew, before we wrap up this conversation, uh, is there any final message you'd like to leave us with? I mean, why can birds free Malaysians? 
that's <laughs> confirmed Malaysians because they offer you the quickest escape to nature. Uh, it's around, nature comes to you now, you know. So if you're sitting in your BFM studio, if you look out and you can see birds flying across uh, just from your office, you know, and if you put down the window or, you know, you can hear, I mean, uh, amidst the, the honking sounds in the cars and the motorbikes and so on. Every now and then in the morning, you'll hear a loud, uh, you know, so you can hear birds coming straight to you. Yeah, so they do free Malaysians. Uh, there's so much more birds out there uh, in the wild. So it's just a matter of us picking it up, putting a smile on our face and saying, hey, this weekend, I know I want to just go on a picnic spot and listen to more nature sounds. Andrew, thanks so much for speaking with us today. That was Andrew Sebastian, the President and Chief Executive Officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia, or ECOMAI. He was talking to us about uh, something he already knew all this while, how birds and nature can truly <laughs> improve our well-being. And you can head to uh, ecomai.org to uh, you know check them out and, and see what they're up to. Um, but you know, just just hearing Andrew's bird call, I think maybe that's that's a hobby I should take up. And, uh, I, yes, that and was you know, so good. <laughs> and can I just say, I've gone on a, a tour with Andrew before. Actually, uh-huh. we went to the Balam Marine Forest. Uh, he was my nature guide and. Can't think of anybody better than you can go. We've been searching for hornbills, actually. Yeah, that'll, yeah. Be, that'll be on my uh, next uh, yes, bucket list. Yeah, bucket right list. Yeah. My pandemic bu- bucket list. Yeah. Is there anywhere else that you you know you think you'd like to travel to once? Maybe nature sports in particular. You know, once all this mm. madness is over, hopefully it is over. Uh, I think Pahang would be you know mm. a good start, right? Because it's yeah. just uh, next door. Um, I, I had it there once, uh, you know, last year, and and just hearing the the sounds of the birds um, was was just nice. Waking up, you know, in the middle of the forest, yeah, that yeah. was such a treat. Yeah, Pahang is actually some a place that I like. The nature spots in Pahang is definitely something that I want to check out. Um, something in Selangor that I've been once, mm-hmm. um, ages ago, like few years ago, uh, but I want to go again is Sakinchan, and I think mm-hmm. Andrew uh, yes, brought it up because did, yeah. yeah, it's really beautiful. You see a lot, and if you go like early, like five thirty or mm-hmm. six or something, when the sun is about to rise, yeah. you know, staying at the like just looking at the paddy fields with the mm-hmm. sun, and then. You do hear a lot. Uh, you do see a lot of birds uh, yeah. flying around. You know. Hopefully, uh, when I go the next time, I will actually try to spot what exactly <laughs> they are. Try to learn yeah. something about them. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And um, mm. you know, you mentioned Pahang nearby. Right? I went mm. to Fraser's actually oh, last yeah. year when we were allowed to travel again. Again, a short trip. And gosh, so many beautiful birds that you don't see anywhere um, mm. are there, just you know, hanging around. Yeah. And the sounds must be foreign too. It, right? Yeah, mm. and it was beautiful. So yeah, so many places out there, folks. Um, you know, do get some birds in yeah. your life. You know, pay attention to the one, even if they're noisy crows, as you said, uh, Dash. um, They're all, uh, you know, vital to our ecosystem. But I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today's show. You can look us up on Facebook. Just search for BFM The Bigger Picture if you'd like to drop the team a message over there. And if you miss any part of the show, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my slash dailydigest. You can find us on the BFM app. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Um, But don't go anywhere. Coming up at 3pm on Live and Learn, Dash is going to be sticking around to talk to Dr. Bridget Welsh about how our political landscape has transformed post Lanka Sheraton. Yeah, and why? So why I wanted to explore this topic with Bridget is because a, f- a couple of weeks ago, I think was it a week ago, she came on uh, Evening Edition and on Inside Story, um, one of their news segments, what she said was, you know, what's unfortunate about our political landscape right now is that we've moved from reform politics to personality politics, mm. and that is something that I, uh, you know, I was excited to explore with her. So we're going to be discussing how our political landscape has uh, 
morphed from reform-centric that, you know, that was the grand narrative heading into GE14 to the more personality-obsessed um, mm. uh, landscape that we are in right now. So pretty excited for that. Yeah. Okay, so that's coming up just after the 3 p.m. news. But that's it from the three of us. This has been the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.